Hey, this is Kiran Agrawal from the Sparkling Entrepreneur Show, and our today's guest is among the top one percent real estate agent according to the Wall Street Journal 2021. She is passionate about finding beautiful homes for busy clients. So let's welcome our today's guest, Karina Ashton Tiwa. Karina, welcome to the show. Hi, Kiran. Hello, everyone. I'm happy to be here. Okay, so let's dive right in. My first question to you is, how did this all started? Like, how did you catch the entrepreneurial bug, if you will? Sure. Um, I think uh, I was born an entrepreneur. I think you probably have this trait as any person. You know, entrepreneurs are people who take risks in trying to build something. So when I uh, was um, actually spending a lot of time and a lot of evenings, uh, I was wondering about life and world in the rural Russia growing up um, in the Ural Mountains. I kind of believe that I'm special and I need to do something very unique. And um, I had a dream to go to the United States and study and uh, meet all interesting, amazing people and things like that. So, um, you know, that's when I was a teenager. Uh, my dad actually made it to the States for business trip and inspired me in the 90s. Uh, to travel and to study abroad. So in my early 20s, I made it to New York City. <laughs> Some people say after watching Sex in the City a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but not completely truth, uh, even though, yeah, it was a lot of interesting, you know, adventures there. Um, I graduated from a law school. I met amazing, interesting international lawyers, and it all happened in 2009 in the middle of the financial crisis. So uh, my first idea and goal to be a lawyer had a little bit of a low start <laughs> because nobody was hiring, especially people with, um, you know, Russian international background. Uh, so I still found a great job. I was fighting uh, to against foreclosures. At that time, there's a lot of homeowners who uh, wanted to defend and uh, against the banks and keep their houses. So I started doing this. I realized that's my passion to help people and families. And then I did some corporate law as well um, a few years later. Um, I uh, moved to San Francisco actually for uh, a legal case. Uh, we, we were working in Palo Alto, but um, Later on, I started looking for my own uh, place where to live, and I realized that real estate could be my passion. Um, just in general, I always loved real estate. I, uh, I'm an investor now too. So I was that person who would go to open houses on weekends just to check it out. <laughs> and I believe that real estate market in San Francisco, it's exceptional, it's phenomenal. You're not just, as a real estate agent, you're not just as an agent, you know, like somewhere in the country, you have to wear a lot of hats, including um, being a negotiator, understand contracts. So legal background definitely helps me in that. Um, and I uh, made the move to full-time agent uh, more than five years ago, actually. And uh, so far, I've never regretted about it. <laughs> That's good for you. Like never regretting the decisions that you have taken is always a good part of the life. Yes, yes, absolutely. I mean, it's a journey that we take. 
and being a real estate agent you have to know a lot of things about uh, a lot little things about a lot of things like you must know everything about something <laughs> it's absolutely it's the job you know okay so what are you curious about right now what do you think about most of your time oh what am i curious about i mean there's a lot of interesting things going on in the world especially you know in the heart of silicon valley in san francisco real estate tech is hot it's interesting there's a lot of money are going into that so i'm really curious about that as a real estate agent uh I think starting uh, in 2016 to 2017, um, <clears throat> a lot of uh, VCs started uh, in investing in this new startups that are trying to reinvent real estate, I guess. And uh, I mean, we have huge companies like Zilla, Truly, Redfin, Red. I work for Compass, which is a brokerage and also a public company. But also there are some startups uh, uh, that trying to keep uh, the entire brokerages agency and all transaction in-house. So I'm curious how this is gonna work out. I'm gonna, I'm watching those technologies uh, and I'm staying in touch with people, with founders, with VCs who's invested in that. I believe real estate um, tech and just real estate industry has a lot of potential and uh, it shouldn't be monopoly. There should be a lot of options for our buyers and sellers how to sell and buy and a lot of different uh, ways how to get to do it, especially uh, with new technology innovation. So I'm curious about that. I'm curious about the real estate market where it's going to go after, you know, crazy ride that we had during pandemic in the entire country too. And in the Bay Area, I'm curious about the rental market. Um, in general, it's uh, as you know, it's a huge market. It's about 20 billion uh, in commissions. It's about two million agents around this country. So it's really um, unique, old-fashioned world still that is getting um, changed and more. It, it's becoming more and more innovative. So I think it's a really interesting time to watch new players on the market too. Okay. And uh, what do you think social media is playing a role in the field of real estate? Like, do you think social media is influencing real estate somewhere? Absolutely. I mean, social media, I think, influencing all of us every day. <laughs> and uh, for any marketing, especially real estate, it's a great way to show your business and so show who you are as a person. Uh, just as an agent myself, I get bombarded with all, all real estate listings and all real estate market trends and updates. Um, I, I believe it's important to watch, you know, all kind of different market stats and updates. And I know a lot of people even uh, choosing uh, their agent based on their social media. Um, we trying to be uh, very consistent with our social media. I'm myself, Instagram and Facebook, uh, even though I don't do it as much as my marketing advisor uh, tells me. <laughs> but I think it's always great to share a story behind every transaction, every buyer, every seller. It's a beautiful 
story usually <laughs> uh, how to they, they got the house what moved them and you know the the joy to have a home is enormous i know it as a home buyer myself especially in the bay area it could be you know 10 offers later even though it never happened to me we're trying to get our buyers uh in contract right away but um yeah social media if it's a honest you know, story about what's happening. I think it's really helpful to all our consumers. And that's the way how people actually check on the news in real estate market these days. Absolutely. It's like uh, media, social media is like media on steroids, if you will. Totally. And I believe it should be fun, but it should be also educational for people. It should be the way how to get in touch, answer any questions and have your uh, presence like available for anyone there, especially for your friends. Absolutely. So what do you think is the most common myth in the field of real estate? Common myth? Well, <laughs> you know, uh, it's interesting, but uh, maybe it, it's less applicable to the Bay Area, but in general, especially when I used to be a lawyer, uh, I've heard a lot of times uh, about agent being salesy, uh, about uh, low standards, how to become a realtor. You know, like when, when I became a realtor, honestly, there were a few of my former colleagues and they were surprised. My parents were like, oh my God, Karina, you used to be an American lawyer. <laughs> now you're going to be a realtor knocking the doors. <laughs> so it was like downgrading. <laughs> Uh, and I think it's a myth, especially in the Bay Area. I believe that a uh, successful realtor, great realtor, uh, is a person who does so much impacting people's lives. Uh, first, I, I would say it's a very low standard to get a license. You get it within two, six months, depending on how you study. <laughs> and just, you know, you, you, you're a realtor. And, um, in, in America, we have 2 million realtors, but only 1% is active out of them and selling uh, real estate in general and have like, you know, more than 10 transactions a year because it's not easy to be that successful realtor. I believe less than 50%. I don't know the stats, but like there's a certain amount of people become realtors after becoming licensed because you have to be consistent and you have to have a love for people you have to be passionate about understanding them about helping them you have to also have a great relationship with the agent especially in the bay area with the agents community you have to guide and lead your people you have to really advocate you know in their best interest even if there's something that may not work you have to uh tell them what's going to happen in their best interest so the myth about realtors being salesy and, you know, working not that much, you know, for a huge commission, easy money and all that stuff. I think that's still real out there somewhere in the country. <laughs> like it's quick money, but in the Bay Area, it's, it's enormous uh, involvement with clients. My clients can call me anytime after dinner, you know, early in the morning, we had uh, times when we submitted offers at 11 p.m. and things like that because it never stops and it's a very 
uh, fast market. It's very competitive, but that's the <laughs> that's the beauty of being in this profession, I guess, and being that um, uh, irreplaceable advisor for your uh, clients. Being a psychologist, <laughs> that handles <laughs> a lot of things between wife and husbands and parents and and kids and all that stuff. So. I believe that all good realtors who's been successful, they uh, only can be successful based on their passion for um, their clients, for people to change people's lives, for customer service, right? For they, they truly understand their fiduciary duty to, to help people to act in their best interest. So um, that's why I, maybe I want you to talk about this myth that it's not true <laughs> that doesn't apply <laughs> to good agents <laughs> <laughs> definitely and having empathy towards your clients is one of the most important thing that one should have to become a realtor because without empathy you won't be able to connect with that person you won't be able to put yourself in that person's shoes and won't be able to get the best apartment for them absolutely know. yeah I, I i think it's the most important yeah uh, trade feature it's it has to be your calling there's a lot of people you know who is just not uh, maybe communicating fully not sharing right away with their agent what they want so you always have to ask why like Kiran you're looking for one bedroom apartment why what's your goal where do you see yourself in two years in five years are you dating are you, is your mom coming? Where's your parents? So all these <laughs> questions that will reveal me the story. How often do you cook? Should we have a good kitchen? Do you host and things like that? Uh, it has to come with empathy, with curiosity, with um, yeah, genuine interest in people's life. How do I make it better? Where do I get that beautiful casa for you? That <laughs> that palace. <laughs> how we can make it efficient tell me more <laughs> and the way you are asking me the questions i feel like telling you what kind of apartment i do i need <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's truly genuine you know okay so tell me what do you have you... an apartment i'm kidding <laughs> <laughs> okay so what is your biggest failure till now and what did you learn from it the biggest failure um well you know throughout our lives we think about different failures <laughs> and then later in life we probably understand like wow maybe it was for the best what i can think about the biggest failure um well as i mentioned my story i would say um for a while i thought my biggest failure was not becoming uh you know that successful uh power high power I don't know, big law firm attorney uh, who would be killing, you know, um, out there in court or being a, a five-star litigator. Uh, you know, there's a lot of different aspects. There's a lot of different factors that uh, were involved in that, including, you know, the time when I graduated in my career. And for some time, I felt like it was my failure. I felt like I couldn't become that successful, you know, uh, lawyer. And I was always trying to find a new job and overcome this. Uh, and it was just very competitive. And 
I also felt that it's not my exciting um, environment. Uh, and I always felt that I actually don't want to stay, you know, for long hours staring at my computer, working for corporation, billing and being a part of the big billing machine um, as a corporate uh, legal system in America. And that's how I realized I would love to, you know, start from something that doesn't guarantee me anything and um, try to be an agent. And it brought me so much joy <laughs> from the first closing when I got the keys to my uh, friends' buyers. And it's interesting that I made my friends out of my clients or my clients chose me to be, to be, to be their friends. After that, uh, I created, we created together a relationship for life. And I believe that completely changed my understanding of values and failures and things like that. I'm absolutely more <clears throat> happier. I, I feel like I'm impacting much more lives with my work. And uh, it is much more fun <laughs> and interesting profession <laughs> to juggle all different tasks. You're, you're a marketer, you know, you're a psychologist, you, you're doing contracts, you're a negotiator, you're an agent who's finding that property. You also have to be on top of all new uh, regulations, everything that's going on with the market, all new <clears throat> updates, um, the legal side. So I believe I did the right choice for myself. And the only way I could have done it is because I really enjoyed it and I'm still enjoying it. And, and it's just a never ending process and journey in real estate that I've started. So that failure doesn't feel as a failure anymore. <laughs> Thank God. And I think it was actually a really great transition for me um, to become a real estate agent and yeah, to start this path. Absolutely. And uh, once you take the first step, the following steps follow. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, like probably for everyone else, once you, you take a risk, once you try, you figure out how to do, what to do next. It wasn't as easy as it sounds <laughs> because I uh, lived in, you know, when I moved from New York City to San Francisco, I didn't know a lot of people. Like that's not the city where you have your parents, grandparents, college friends, you know, neighbors. I basically started my pipeline from zero. I was going to a lot of networking events. I was <clears throat> connecting with a lot of people over open houses. I wanted to make sure that the agents community would know me. Uh, when people say I work with Karina in San Francisco, they would think about me. And um, that's, that, that's a process <laughs> that takes years. Um, and yeah, one step at a time, one baby step every day something. Um, led me to where I am right now. I'm very excited what's going to come later too. Okay. So in your opinion, what do you think is the most important personality trait that one should have to succeed in real estate? Well, um, I think I touched on this a little bit uh, before too. I believe you have to be curious. You have to love the people. I mean, there's a lot of things that a good realtor has to do. And maybe I'll, I'll talk about that too. 
But the first one is that you probably can feel in any conversation with me what kind of person I am. Like if I'm really curious to get to know you to make your life better or not, right? Um, and it is impossible to, you know, to understand your clients and uh, to find them the right property or to sell the property and help them to their next journey, you know, with another property without being genuinely interested in people's uh, desires, goals, plans, and things like that. So a number one trait, I would say you have to have empathy. You have to, I, I call it love for the people. <laughs> you have to kill them gently with your kindness, right? <laughs> Nobody can trust you right away. <laughs> uh, and we have a lot of online leads, you know, obviously referrals is easier. Some people already trust you. But, uh, you know, sometimes you just really have to um, put yourself in their shoes. You know, there could be some difficult situations when people don't want to do things, what you're advising them, and they have to learn it this way. You always have to think, why did it happen? What can I learn from that too? You have to be open. Uh, you have to have this like emotional intelligence. You have to be completely neutral. There's no um, <clears throat> emotional, um, uh, I, I would say you, you can't have emotional <laughs> uh, power over this. You have to be higher, you have to be objective. What is happening um, psychologically? Why are people reacting? It's a very stressful process for a lot of people, you know, people bidding in uh, on, on houses with 20 offers, people making plans, people really wanted people giving everything to this uh, process and for a lot of people it's you know two months process when you have to look into disclosures and do a lot of paperwork with me after work and things like that so it is could be frustrating and exhausting and you have to understand that and you have to lead them through this and you have to keep encouraging them and telling them that the next house will be ours and explaining them what happened and why. And on the sales side, the same thing. You have to explain why buyers came up with that, why we need to market it. It's, it, it's all about a really good communication skills, uh, understanding, empathy, sympathy. Uh, it's all about that motherly approach, I would say, too, <laughs> that you can give to your clients. They're scared, you know? This is a very important the most important financial transaction in their lives, right? Most of the time. So I would say the most important train is to give them that comfort and trust. Comfort and trust <laughs> and empathy. Alrighty. So although you don't look much more than 20, but let me ask you this. If you have uh, a time capsule, okay? You get into that time capsule and uh, get back to when you were 20. So what would be that one piece of advice you would give to 20-year-old Karina that would have a major impact on your entrepreneurial journey? This is a great question. Um, I'm not in my 20s anymore. I'm more like in the middle or 30s. <laughs> <laughs> not 20 yet. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, 
But, um, you know, I think about it sometimes, especially when I have, you know, like 20 something clients and friends, um, you know, having deep conversations about them and they're like asking like, what's next? You know, like I turned 30, what's next? <laughs> uh, I would say, um, looking at Karina in her 20s, I would say, be patient. It's okay to take time. It's okay to enjoy every part of the process being, um, you know, in that moment. Uh, I know everyone says it a lot now, but um, understanding when you are in, never doubt yourself. Uh, the life is a journey and, you know, one failure becomes, you know, a, a start for something else, for something amazing. Uh, follow your instincts. Everyone in, every millennial, everyone in their 20s, should not listen what's what's a good job or what's what's a good thing to do what what people are doing they should listen to your own intuition what makes them happy is that something you would want to do even if it wouldn't give you uh, that much money is that something you enjoy um, when you socializing when you connect with people do you get energy and stuff like that um, i thought that you know, you have to get education and maybe like just follow one thing. And then I realized in my 20s that, you know, everything can change in one day. <laughs> and as we know, with this crazy pandemic, you know, you, you just have to really react and listen to yourself. And as long as you being open to yourself first and others, you always get somewhere. It's it's a it's an amazing, incredible journey that called life. <laughs> and as long as you trying to get somewhere and give back, I would say, and, and be okay with your inner strength and your integrity, that's totally okay. Just be patient and you'll get somewhere. Be patient and you'll get somewhere. In the <laughs> yes. nutshell. Already. So uh, what is that one life lesson? that your job has taught you, which everybody should learn at some point in their life? One, one life lesson, one um, case. Well, uh, in, in our market, I meet incredible people. I deal with incredible people, with agents. There's a lot of stories that has happened. What would be a life lesson? Well, um, there was uh, a client a really incredible guy uh, who was looking and looking and looking for a property in San Francisco. And finally we found something. And um, the house had a beautiful uh, view and um, I would say size, but not as good condition. And he had to renovate it. Uh, long story short, he didn't have enough money for it. And he was short a big amount of money. Um, I would say almost half a million. And um, we went there three times. At a certain point, you would have to tell your client, I'm sorry, but you know, these sellers, even though it's not in good conditions and sellers are willing to work with us, it's not gonna be that much discount. <laughs> so we have to face the truth. Uh, I talked to him a few times, you know, the seller's agents who showed the property, they already told me like, Karina, stop wasting our time. <laughs> if we don't get a pre-approval at a certain amount, like we're not gonna have a transaction. 
the house had a very good, uh, an amazing sentimental value because he grew up near Boina Street uh, in San Francisco and he was dreaming about it. He did all the research, who used to have it, who built it. He didn't want to see anything else. And I saw that it's a special property. He also wanted to bring his parents there. I wasn't sure what to do. I gave him around, you know, probably at least five lenders. We exposed all kinds of different options. And um, I told him, do not give up on your dream house, but we probably should see something else. What do you want me to do? And he kept telling me one week after other week, uh, this this how the house hasn't sold, it's a sign. I'm gonna find the money, money and do something. And at a certain point, I, I told him, yes, maybe you should talk to your family. Let's, whatever you're comfortable with, just don't do anything risky. <laughs> don't rob the bank <laughs> or anything like that. Uh, and believe me or not, a few weeks later, he pinged me and he said, I got the money, let's put an offer. Uh, so my client was an investor. I don't know if you remember, uh, there, is a, there were a few like stocks on Reddit that went crazy. Uh-huh. And uh, he borrowed some money from family and he also made at least like a few hundreds uh, on that crazy crash. I guess it went up and then it went down. So he got the cash and we actually were able to go, you know, uh, the appraisal came down, came a little bit low, but we covered the difference. We were be able to close on this house. And um, I guess the lesson is, even if it seems like impossible, you always have to encourage your, your uh, clients. This is a little bit extreme uh, story, but we have to encourage our clients, do your best, talk to different lenders, maybe your family, look into your 401k, your assets, like my other client sold two cars to get a car uh, house and he's happy about this. Do your best just to understand what's important for your client. And everything is possible. And this is a really happy story. And he was be able to do that. Um, I wouldn't recommend anyone to do any risky transactions <laughs> uh, to get a house. But um, I think it's a, it's a pretty nice, happy ending lesson in general. It is a happy ending. Like he didn't have the money and overnight things went well for him and he had the money and he got the apartment. Very nice. Okay. So I know that you don't, don't, didn't always wanted to become a real estate agent, but how did you become a real estate agent? Like how did this idea of becoming a real estate agent came to your mind? Uh, well, I, I, I was always interested in real estate. I would say, yeah, um, I was, uh, you know, stopping at the listings um, during uh, weekends, you know, Zillow and Trulia was always, you know, <laughs> my fun app, <laughs> See it, you know, um, and uh, I think it's running with the family. Uh, my sister is an agent in Russia too. Um, I believe real estate is one of the most incredible tangible assets, right? That appreciate, that is something that you can hold forever and uh, renovate and rent it out now with short-term rentals and stuff like that. So I believe that would be always involved at some point. Uh, what triggered that uh, is basically my unhappiness and non-satisfaction uh, with my current job as a lawyer. And um, 
you know, no drive when you come into work to your office, no excitement. Uh, and I was thinking like, I wish I would be now doing beautiful houses, meeting these interesting people and advocating for them. I had 100% drive for that. And I was hungry for, you know, these communications when people uh, trust me with everything. I, I wanted to be their advocate. And I started to do it part-time uh, as a realtor. And then uh, after a year, completely full-time. Again, it wasn't easy. It was a lot of, a lot of uh, open houses and a lot of networking, but now it took off and I have great referral bases and um, I'm happy where I am. Good, good, good. Nice. Uh, okay. So now tell us what is your favorite productivity hack for entrepreneurs? Favorite productivity uh, hack? Um, well, I would say three words. It's probably um, really good sleep, yoga, <laughs> and good coffee. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's, you know, there's a lot of things we, 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 we can't, there's only 24 hours, right? And during this, uh, it's not even 24, it's like 12 hours during the day, right? Uh, when you can work. So um, the efficiency and productivity is, uh, will depend on how you feel. So it is important, not just for me, for my clients to be, um, for me to, to um, produce, <laughs> to be 100% agent, <laughs> to feel like, you know, I, I'm energetic, I'm efficient, you know, and I'm reacting fast, I guess. So good sleep is important. I just can't do anything if I'm tired or if I went out like late last night. So I would recommend that. Um, yoga has been um, my friend forever. I'm a licensed yoga teacher. Um, but I basically just teach my husband. <laughs> uh, I think it's, a, it's an amazing, um, tool to be healthy, but also that's the only workout that also, I, I feel like helps me to be um, in that mindset, uh, when you completely released from any stress, uh, and obviously good coffee or good tea. Um, that's how I start my day. Um. In general, there's a lot of productivity hacks that people are using, um, including technology hacks <laughs> uh, too. We have an amazing CRM at Compass. It's a whole new technology for our agents. Um, yeah, so things like that are very important for me. That's, those things make me feel, you know, 100% productive and efficient. Okay, so good sleep, yoga, and good coffee is the productivity hack. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> okay, nice. Well, people probably know about that too. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, so now tell us if you could start a business tomorrow, including real estate, what would be that business you would start? Is it gonna be real estate or something else? Well, does it mean that, you know, can I, can I still stay in real estate what I'm doing and do something else? You can stay. Side? You can stay in real estate. Like you have to start over again. Okay. Well, um, I would, you know, I would, I would probably do something related to real estate if we're talking about the new business. Um, 
I believe there is a, a lot of potential room for creating the short-term communities. We have a VRBO and Airbnb now, but there's a lot of room um, to help all these investors with short-term investments and rentals. Uh, I believe also when you have this new booming short-term rentals, Airbnb communities, like after pandemic, we also can talk about experiences that these communities can create. We also can talk about different living and lifestyle. And I believe there's some room to, you know, to take over a lot of lands in this country and to build something new, beautiful parks and beautiful buildings. And there, there could be, you know, new communities for just parents with kids or communities for, for people in creative fields and things like that. There's a lot of things could be built uh, for, um, you know, us coming outside of the city or something that is just not just mountains or a beach vacation. I believe we all going there with this booming, you know, Airbnb after pandemic environment. People want to get out and feel differently in different housing. And I think that will be the way how to create business and help uh, homeowners with that too. It could be great potential income. Uh, it could be a great, uh, you know, company that will take care of it and create a new environment. So I would probably try to um, build business related to that because I see the potential. People want to travel, but people maybe want to just drive somewhere and not to fly. And people want to experience different houses and environments. Um, and that should be like comfortable and walkable and things like that. So I, I just think we can create that infrastructure in our country. There is a lot of places that are rural and there's a lot of places that people can explore and that would be a great booming um, new economy in housing. That sounds like a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, uh, is there any golden nugget that you would want to share with the audience just starting out in real estate, which could help them in their journey? Uh, something like uh, something like steroids uh, for real estate, a golden nugget, if you would. Uh, interesting. Uh, I wish someone would tell me that. <laughs> um, yeah, so if you're just starting real estate, um, you know, you just have to make sure that you have all the patience and you love what you're doing. You, you're comfortable with approaching people, with talking to people. You have to have a confidence, I guess, too. Uh, and confidence comes with knowledge. So you have to be good at what you're doing. If you are trying to sell the house, you have to know everything about that house. You have to know about every street <laughs> around that house, about the market. Uh, sellers, um, where it's gonna sell. So obviously data, knowing your stuff is important and that's how you get confidence. And um, being friendly, always trying to think not about how you look like, but what they think, what they need. If you're asking them why they're there and let them to tell you the story, they will open up to you. So. Um, 
I, I would say focus on people's needs and be good, know your stuff is the most important thing and success will come and confidence uh, and then you will be likable and all that stuff, you know? People want someone who's gonna help them. <laughs> In simple words, I guess. <laughs> Uh, and it's all it's it's all gonna come first two years in real estate in general i've heard from a lot of people are hectic at least one year be open to any educational um options uh, have a mentor have someone to check in with get on a team if you can uh try to work every weekend um you know you you should be available all the time just to understand what's going on, right? Like for your clients. And even if you don't know something, it's okay to say, I'll check in and make sure you ask your manager, your colleagues, you will educate yourself all the time, first two years, and that's totally okay. I, I'm always learning something new every day. <laughs> you have to educate yourself for the first two, two years every day, including weekends. Totally, it's it's a it's not a profession. It's a mindset to be a realtor. I would say you always listening, thinking, "Oh, that's what happened." <laughs> <laughs> okay, nice. Okay, so where can the listeners find you, Karina? Well, if you guys uh, just look into uh, Google Karina E C N T I V A, I know my long uh, last name I S E N T A E V A. Uh, you're going to find me, Karina, on compass.com um, in San Francisco. I believe I'm the only agent, uh, Karina with the C. Um, and uh, my website is still in the works, uh, karinahomes.com. Uh, I have over 40, 50 reviews on uh, Redfin, Zillow, Yelp, and things like that. So I, I think it's also a good way to see uh real stories. Um, I spent a lot of time <clears throat> over two years at Redfin where every uh, client will get a survey. So there's a lot of interesting stories the way how I work. So you can definitely see that and find me there. <laughs> Alrighty. Is there any Instagram handle you would suggest? Oh, that's a great question. Yes. Yeah. Uh, my Instagram is Karina was here. Very easy. You guys um, can find <laughs> and nice. I'm always sharing my tours and, uh, you know, insights and things like that. So I'm happy to connect. Connect to her on Instagram and you can find her website soon. I'll put the website link on the description. And uh, that was today's episode of the Sparkling Entrepreneur Show. Today we had Karina with us. Karina, thank you for being on the show. Thank you so much. It was so much fun. I'm glad we connected and have an amazing week ahead. So you guys take care till then. I am your host Kiran Agrar signing off. Bye guys.